0: From grain to glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Brian. And I'm Katie. Yeah, y'all. And this is the best beer show on the internet.
1: Crack open a Modelo. We've
0: I've, I've never had two co-hosts before. Like I'm 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 already just assuming Katie's a co-host now because I want her to keep coming back. Uh, that's fair. So <laughs> I'm a, a co
1: co-host. Co co-host.
0: Oh, I mean, I think we are all co co-hosting. We're all
1: co co-hosts.
0: Right? Is is that? I mean, wait do we have
1: do we have cocoa puffs? I would eat some. Co- <laughs> I had some Southwest egg rolls. You did, you did. Um, (laughs) But before we get into those Southwest
0: Egg Rolls, Mm. I want to do the important thing. Patrons. Uh, Well, first of all, the American Homebrewers Association does a lot of support homebrewing and homebrewers, and now they support us. During the AHA, we'll give you discounts at homebrew shops and select tap rooms, as well as give you access to the fantastic Zymergy Magazine. Click on the referral link at the bottom of our homepage and join today. I would also love to get a, give a shout out to our patrons, specifically our black belt patrons Andy Thompson and Devin Stinson. If you like, be, if you would like to be as awesome as those guys, head on over to Patreon.com/slash Blender Studios and become a patron today. Uh, for as little as a dollar a month, you can, uh, I mean, you can really help support us. And if it five dollars a month, you get access to our live stream, so you can actually uh, give your interesting things on uh, Kaivik yeast strains. Yeah. Uh, in the live chat, and I'm weird looking, so right. There's we're that. Gonna, we're going to talk about that in a minute. Uh, <laughs> That's well, the only reason I'm here, or to talk about Brian's weird lookingness. <laughs> yep. <Yeah. laughs> uh, and then, uh, if you're going to do any Amazon shopping, head over to blindnessstudios.com uh, and then click on the Amazon link of our homepage. Your Amazon shopping as normal, uh, and we get a bit of a kickback from Amazon. Really helps us out. All right, Brian. What have you been up to beer related lately
1: so it'll be good a good one for this episode Hmm. but next week might not be let's see here uh we did the uh barrel aged beer tasting so uh
0: like and correct me if i'm wrong you guys did the tasting and the blending as two separate sessions Mm -hmm. this time Or that was the idea.
1: Katie just looks at me like, "Hmm, like no, we we did not get to the blending part. Uh, this it's just too much co- like conflict going on. <sighs> like like Mondays, Mondays and Thursdays, I have to drive the kids around after school, and so it was like I can't do it on Thursday because I'm not going to drive the kids around after I taste like sixteen barrels of." B- yeah. Barrel age yeah. strength beer. Oh yeah, yeah, that um, <laughs> makes sense.
0: You're you're being a responsible Papa Brian.
1: Correct, correct. Uh, the the wise uh, Papa Brian.
0: I mean, we would never call you that. Oh, fair. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's low on wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> In any case, so we did the the barrel tasting. Uh, tasted. I can't, I can't even remember how many barrels. I wasn't there. Do we have going? Yeah, no, you were yeah. not. You oh, have... you
2: missed the. Uh... I did. Yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, well... I'm,
1: I'm still shuffling my time between oh, okay. two places, so
2: yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, I walk yeah. into Hop and Barrel, and I'm like, "What's what's happening? What's going mm-hmm. on? We haven't done the barrel tasting yet. Yeah, uh, we need to get those in barrels a week from yesterday. Yeah, uh, we'll get there. It'll happen, <laughs> It'll happen this week. <laughs> I hope. Uh,
1: I don't know with all the new orders from distributors and how all that kind of works, and then in, and then trying to get Katie inter- integrated into full time. Not that you weren't there a lot as it was, but in any case, uh, we tried all the different barrels. There were uh, a few barrels, uh, and I don't know how I feel about name dropping the barrels necessarily, but I guess I will just because for for funsies. It, I
0: mean, it, it matters. It, it really does. Uh, it does.
1: We, we found that the Buffalo Trace barrels that we tasted last year after they were in For a while, uh, needed another year of time. Okay, and now that we've, they've got that year on them, or two years on them rather, roughly. Um, they're tasting great. Uh, Four roses seems to develop a little faster for us. Okay, uh, with that particular beer that we put in it. Um, And then there was a different uh, imperial stout, whole different recipe that was in a few of the barrels as well. Um, I don't have the, specific, the specifics in front of me, um, but yeah, it's, it seems like we'll have some decent stuff to blend this year. There was some stuff that needs to uh, sit uh, for longer that was just kind of not not ready, and there was unfortunately uh, the that wine barrel yeah. that was it was beyond horrible. So yeah. uh,
0: was it? What did it? Did it sour? Did it just turn? Or vegetal? Oh, is yeah. ve- that's a weird thing
1: well, to pick up from a wine barrel, isn't it? Or s- no? Yes, in that I believe it was probably because of the um, the cocoa nibs.
2: Okay. Yeah.
1: I think I don't know. What do you think?
2: I didn't taste it again. I wasn't there, but yeah, that makes sense. The first time me, we tasted you
1: know. it, it was like, oh god. Yeah. And then like it was way worse. Like we we bungled that. It's What a, so it happens.
0: Um I mean, our listeners and I are wondering
1: what uh what kind of beers did you put in the barrels? They're all Russian Imperial Stouts or okay. or Imperial Stout. It just I mean, well,
0: I mean, it, it depends on the grain bill. We we correct. talked about this when we were talking about Baltic porters and Russian beer. Yeah. If you would like to know more about that, listen to our Every Style Challenge episodes where we went in-depth on every style mm-hmm. that we unfortunately
1: brewed. Man, that was um, a long time ago. <laughs>
0: that sounds fun. It it was at first and towards the end. In the middle, it sucked. <laughs> like beers uh, 40 through 60 were the worst
1: because oh, yeah. I was over it. Yeah, mm. I remember those days. Yep. So, yeah, um, um, that, that's, that went down. Uh, I mean, that sounds like a really fun day, though, like trying it, it different was. things. And it, you, you would think you'd get pretty shwasty, but that's if you finish drinking all the samples yeah. and you've got to remember that they're warm and uncarbonated, yeah. too. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. So.
0: Well, and then – so you're – so – I remember, was it last year or the year before? You guys did your barrel. It had to have been last year. You did your barrel and blending day at the, at the same time. Uh, that
1: was not. And
0: then this year, you made the decision to finally split it up. Yeah. So.
2: Yeah. So I think the the blending is like Tuesday or something. Okay. You know, in yeah. a few days and maybe Monday, whatever, and we'll get it figured out. I'm happy to hear that you know the beers that we let sit for a year developed. Uh, I was pretty concerned that they were just gonna. Continue yeah, to
1: just go south, and glad uh, to hear that they, they didn't. Yeah, and there were a few that were a little too thin, so it'd be a matter of just probably beefing up a uh, another version of that beer, and then back blending. So yeah, I, I like, and that—that's
0: what I was. I'm—I'm I'm also curious about: Are you going to uh, do barrel with young or barrel with barrel? Like, what kind of blending are you looking at doing? I'm
1: going to look at the notes from the tasting and then put things that are relatively similar together or things that are like a little bit thin with something that's thicker.
0: It's so so are you are you planning on doing another another vert or a, another uh, batch of the base beer to back blend some yes, of these? Yes, okay. but
1: that's off in the future because there's a bunch of uh, other bunch. stuff there's already se- in the pipeline. Several, well, yeah, there's several barrels that just they just need time and back blending. Okay. It's the same situation as last year. Mm-hmm. And actually you should, since you weren't there, Katie. You should know that the the one beer that we kind of tasted, and we were like, Ugh, infection, and then you plated it, and there was nothing. Um, that one actually <laughs> ended up being really good. Good. Yeah. Now, yeah. so I'm super happy we have. Oh, uh, so you tasted one and you thought it was infected, but it wasn't. Yeah, it just yeah. had a weird flavor, and then yeah.
2: So I yeah, you know, we went through, and there was there was maybe three barrels from three. last year mm-hmm. that it was like there's there's got to be infection happening mm-hmm. here, and I you know, plated them, and two of them did, and mm-hmm. we, you know, discarded, them, and then the third one, I was like, no, it's just, there's just something happening with the, the development of this beer that we need oh, to weird. give it some time, and we did, and I'm glad to hear that it
1: it all turned out. Super lucky to have a lab, super lucky to have a lab director, and that is awesome, because we're still talking we're, about, we're still talking talk, about yeah. yeast, we're, gonna we're, talk we're getting about to the,
0: the microbiology we'll get of stuff, mm-hmm. so, all right, Katie, what have you been up to beer-related lately?
2: Uh, you know, still super busy
0: um, at at uh, splitting your time between two breweries. Yep, yep. At
2: Bobtown, I brewed a triple, a Belgian triple,
0: so oh, that'll wow. be ready in awesome. in a time. Um, so Belgian triples, are you like? Are you using like candy sugars or anything to thin it out? Uh, I use just
2: table sugar. Just table sugar, yeah. okay.
0: And actually, I used a, a saison yeast. So is it a, is it a triple
2: or is it a is it a triple saison?
0: Oh man, um, I mean, so yeah, that's... I did a
2: the saison that we tasted last week in mm-hmm. one of our in the one of our podcasts that we did. Uh, yeah, yeah, on, yeah. Yeah, remember. Um, you know, I don't like to just dump yeast down the drain. So I feel like I need to use it at least one more time. So I thought to do this um, inconceivable Belgian triple, but I used the a, a, a Saison yeast for it. So it's, it's, it's a little bit different, but Wait, have you that'll that be one ready. Before? I have. Yeah. I think yeah, that was like, yeah. one of
1: the ones I had that I thought was really, really strong. Yeah.
2: yeah so that one is um, it's, it's a few weeks out, but I did that this week, and you know, just trying to kind of manage my time between the two places okay. until that settles out. So,
0: so uh, I mean, this is this is kind of a, I mean, I mean, just kind of diving more into the triple. Do you notice a flavor difference between the, like the types of sugars that you use in in a Belgian like that, or is it kind of whatever is gonna gonna stretch the body and give it that like that Belgian? character
2: you, i've only ever used table sugar in belgians okay. I, I read somewhere that you know beet sugar or whatever is just just you know i don't want to say good enough because that doesn't sound um well no but like simple sugar is simple sugar sim- yeah sort of so um i stick to just t- table sugar in okay my belgians and i try mm-hmm. to keep it at 10 percent or maybe a little bit more because in a in a triple in my opinion it should be dry drinkable um, light. It should sneak up on you, yeah. Yeah,
1: and the body should. I, I like to, th- I like to think of it as like stretching, the body in a sense where, that table sugar kind of thins the the body out a little bit, but it makes it attenuated a, a ton more. So yeah, it is dry. Often there is like a almost like a cider like quality, to it because of the way that that sugar works. Because you know it was, as we've learned, yeast are lazy. They want to go for simple sugar. Mm-hmm. They'll they'll always eat that first. Yeah.
2: So this beer, you know, I brewed it a few times in the past, and it's a little different this time because I'm using that Saison yeast instead of whatever yeast I was using in the past. So it won't it won't be the same beer, but it'll still be super dry, drinkable. Do you delicious. recall the
1: strain number?
2: Um, O-Y-L-O-2-6. It's a French Saison, I believe. <laughs> I mean, it is a French Saison. I don't know if that's the strain number, but it's Omega. Oh, yeah, yeah that's right. Omega yeast, yeah.
1: Are you primarily primarily using Omega...
2: Uh, no, I actually use, I was, um, but I switched to my, my house strain at, at Bobtown is just USO 5 which I was super hesitant about using a dry yeast. yeah
1: <laughs> And then you saw how it worked at the, yeah. at our brewery. Yeah, and then... it
2: works, you know? Um, so you treat it well and do, do the things that, that, you know. Well, I mean, we've talked about it, but yeah, you can really you
1: know. seriously knock some bucks off the batch cost yeah. by with dry ice. Mean,
2: yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, a uh, uh, wet pitch. Uh, we're we're talking what about seven hundred bucks? Yeah, I think for uh, without, yeah
2: without shipping, I believe. I mean, yeah, I thought I was overpaying with
1: seven. Well, I- <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, and I. I mean, I, I when I when I when I say I was hesitant, I I I was very hesitant about using a dry yeast I was too (laughs) US05 USO 4 I was like nope that's just it's not good but Uh, you start talking to people that are now um you know working for those those yeast companies and and they're treating their yeast differently as they manufacture it and all the things and um it's it's been great it's I I don't regret switching over to not not to say there's anything I, I mean you know obviously yeast is a is a wet thing and it Prefers a wet environment. I'm not saying everybody should switch over to dry yeast, but for a for a for a brewery where you're saving hundreds and hundreds of dollars per pitch, it's not. I
0: mean that's it's not an insignificant cost. Yeah.
1: no, the overhead is insane. Yeah, yeah. You're, we were talking about this earlier, the cost of goods situation. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's stuff that you have to buy regardless. Not your entertainment budget, that you. Sp-
2: <laughs> but I will say for my, that's you the know, important one. <laughs> my U, my US, so you know us five. That's my house, my main house strain. But for my kind of one offs, where I switch up the yeast, maybe I want to use an Irish ale yeast or a Belgian yeast. Then I'll go and and switch it over to a to an Omega or a um, you know White Labs or. So like, White I,
0: yeast. I mean, and like this is comp- actually no we. I, I would love to ask this question, but we're already 15 minutes in. We should probably actually get to our discussion topic. <laughs> what? So I'll move this over, our yeah. questions over to yeah. next week. Sounds good. Um, and they'll come out. It's okay. So today uh, we're we're uh, continuing our journey uh, into deep into yeast, and actually I think we might be wrapping up pretty soon here. Uh, But so uh, the past couple of weeks, we've we've talked about viability and vitality and thrown these words around and they're very similar to each other. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the and then we're going to talk about the difference between rinsing and washing because those terms get thrown around on forums and stuff pretty interchangeably, but they're very different processes. So I'm hoping we can cover that today. So first, uh, yeah, we're going to start we're going to start talking about viability versus vitality. Um, so th- at the basis, um, viability is a percentage of living cells. So it's basically like if all of the cells or all of the yeast is alive in your sample, it's hundred percent viable. It's good to go. Um, if only ten percent uh, or if ten percent of the cells are dead, it's only ninety percent viable. Pretty simple, right? Like is there? I mean, I don't like as as far as a measurement goes, this is yeah. pretty pretty uh, pretty standard. Um, and according to the book, you shouldn't use yeast that is less than 90% viable. Like in your guys' opinion, is that right? Like, have you used
1: less viable yeast or no? Definitely. Unfortunately, uh, when I, one of the breweries I worked at back in the day, it was kind of a struggle to, you know, like we were just talking about having money at breweries and okay. I they'd give me 6 smack packs to build up to 15 barrels and if Oh wow. Yeah, if you want to do the math on that that's pretty crappy. Um so you're uh, you know it's you shouldn't use yeast that's less than 90% viable due to flavor considerations and by that I mean you're going to end up with punishment beer. <laughs> I mean, Brian, what is punishment beer? It's beer that tastes like shit but you <laughs> But you have to drink you, it. You can still like you know, drink a few in the garage. And I've brewed a lot of, trust me, I've brewed plenty of punishment as beer. As a home brewer, I've brewed a lot of punishment beer. Yeah, exactly. I've gotten, like, uh, the,
0: the one thing, I will say anybody looking to um, do the eighty style challenge, the one thing that will give you is uh, less ownership over, like, you you won't feel as precious about your beer, and so right. you're much better at dumping it down the drain than you are when every batch is special in its own way. Yeah. No, some beers are trash, and they deserve to be dumped down the drain. I fed the beer honey and nightshade. <laughs> well, I mean, that's 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 the beer you're feeding to Gordon.
1: <laughs> Hi, Gordon.
0: I mean, yeah, he's listening. I know. Uh, all right. Um, so, some viability tests are inaccurate. Um, so, an actual viability of like an, especially if you're doing like an old culture. Uh, could be lower than expected, and I don't have any authority here. But Katie, is there anything you can say about viability tests that? I mean,
2: unless you look at it under a microscope, and you know, you use the, um, uh, the, that the blue dye.
0: Uh, oh wait, hang it's on. Been a I, have, while. I have methylene. methylene. Yes, yes. Methylene. Unless you use
2: that, and you know, the 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 healthy cells will digest that basically, and you know, take that blue dye and make it not blue, make it clear, mm-hmm. and you can count blue dead cells versus non-blue cells, um, the other, the only other way to test or really test viability is look at the the date on your pack of yeast and put it in your little yeast calculator that they have online and, you know, say, oh, this, this you know, pack of yeast is X amount of weeks old, so it's this amount of viability, okay. you know. And, right. and in my opinion, you know, with viability is if you have a, you know, say you have a, a, a yeast cell pack that's only 40% viable, you know, you... We can get into this, but then, you know, vitality becomes a, a point and you can you can work on it. It's not like, you, you know, it's not 90 percent viable. So dump it down the drain. There's ways to you can
0: build you can build up uh, viability. Yeah. There's ways to fix that. All right. Brian, will you start talking about vitality for us?
1: Yes. Oh, thanks, uh, so <laughs> vitality is uh, this is a measure of the metabolic activity of the East. So a culture that's healthy. And strong and uh, Is ready for fermentation Has a higher vitality So a culture that's old, tired, starved Not ready uh, for fermentation And that's uh, low vitality So
0: with viability We're talking percentages Is there like um, Metrics of vitality Or is it like high, low, medium Like is there like a set metric For vitality or not really? I, this, this this isn't like a this isn't a test question. I'm actually looking for like if you guys know.
2: I don't. I don't, don't know. Honestly I mean, any. okay. I think that it's it's like if 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 the if the if the yeast cells in the pack they either can consume sugar well and they're alive or they're they. Okay, can't, so it's pretty binary. Know? Yeah, it's either. Yeah, I
0: mean, we're talking about like
1: vitality gets like lowers or is less when there's like long-term storage involved, stuff like that. Um, The other thing, I mean, you know, the thing is, is yeast
2: have, you know, um, dormancy mechanisms. So if you have a, you know, it's like, again, you have a a yeast cell packet that you do the math, you, you know, you type that the date of the yeast cell pack in your, in your calculator. And it's like this, you know, this is only 20% viable. That means there there are still yeasts in there and they've gone dormant. So you give them the sugar they need at a rate that they can handle it. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to push a bunch of sugars and, and things on them, but you give them the, the things they need to sort of like bring them back to life and then they'll start eating sugar, they'll start reproducing and they'll start doing their thing. Okay. But yeah. So know. the,
1: the term, what Katie's talking about is simply just called revitalization, um,
0: so you, all right so yeah so if it's low you can revitalize so we don't really need a metric for yeah yeah where it's at they'll
2: come out of dormancy and then I mean I guess if they're in dormancy they're, are they still vital
1: I mean I guess <laughs> mind blown Oh, I, I don't know <laughs> so it, it, a, a good a good uh yeah we already kind of went through viability but like you you can also do like a test pitch on Yeast for viability, but oh, okay. right but as far as vitality goes, like at the the morning of the brew day, you can determine how much yeast you need to pitch and then throw it in a container, uh, stainless vessel, uh, and then let the temperature rise to seventy to seventy-five. Are we talking about uh, re revitalizing? Yeah, is that? We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll get that. Sorry, get to that in a minute. All, All right. right. But, uh, so, but that being said, you want high vitality, obviously for fermentation. You can overcome low viability with a higher. Cell count, but you can't overcome low vitality by throwing more yeast at it. So before you, you use like a lower vitality uh, cell, like before you use lower vitality cells, you should make an uh, an effort to increase the vitality. Yep. And then we'll get into that method. By here. by that
0: re- revitalizing your yeast, Correct. but if you have low viability yeast, you could just add more like viable yeast to that, and that would make that percentage go down because that's how percentages go work, right? Mm -hmm. Like you could take healthy yeast and add it to like some not quite as healthy yeast and then your percentage of bad yeast would go down.
2: Yes, but it's not going to make the bad yeast better.
0: Uh, For viability side?
2: For vitality. Or for vitality, vitality. Yeah. <laughs> correct. Yeah. Why do they have to be so close? Like, God damn it. It's so they're going to have to, they're, the, the, you know, those yeast are still going to be like
0: unhappy and like. No, but if but you, then they're if gonna you gonna have, be
2: like, oh, now there's more yeast in your If here you have, have
0: high vitality yeast with a low viability, yeah. then you could add more yeast to it yep. and it would yep. overcome your low viability. So you'd have high viability yes. and high vitality. Um, but you can't go. You can't go the other way. You can't just add more yeast to low vitality cells. Mm. You'd want to add
2: more nutrients, sugars, things like that to make those those cells
0: yes. more. Because yeast alive. are not cannibalistic. Yes, they're mm, not cannibalistic. They well, sort of are. are they, I mean, yeah. well, I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll eat they'll dead
2: cells. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, the uh, the a lot of the yeast nutrient and energizers that we throw into our beer that's just dead yeast cells. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Yeah. Never
2: mind then. Yeah. So it's you mean to murder other yeasts. It's got. I mean, they're not al- <laughs> alive, so they're not murdering them, but they are using their nutrients
0: as. I bet there's a Hannibal Lecter yeast out there that just wants to kill other yeasts. Yeah. So you got
1: yeast. my, fed the yeast honey and nightshade reference? Yes. Okay. Good. <laughs> I, I did not get that. Someone kept you warm. Ah,
0: jeez. All right. So uh, methods for testing viability and vitality center around kind of three things. Uh, Loss of replication ability, loss of metabolic ability, or loss loss of metabolic activity, and cell damage. Um, So depending on yeast health, you may need to pitch more yeast at the beginning of fermentation, oxygenate more, perform a yeast starter propagation to revitalize cells. We'll get into revitalization in a minute. Mm -hmm. Um, but let's talk about testing yeast. And I think when we're talking about testing with vi- uh, with dyes, that's just for vitality, correct? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. All right. So, Katie, um, will you kind of take us through, like, dye testing? Like, what is that? Like, what are we looking for?
2: Uh, again, like I said, it's the methylene blue test. Uh, and I don't know how readily available that would be, you know, I'm um, as a home brewer, but... Uh, you, you know, there's some dilution things which you can find in the yeast book about how to dilute yeast, and then you.
1: It's always like factors of ten. Yeah,
2: and I mean, then actually diluting, and then you know, so you add this, you know, concentration of of methylene blue to your yeast sample, and plate it, and then you can see any of the vital cells will metabolize the that that dye and turn it back to clear, so they just are clear little organisms on your on your pl- on your um, your your microscope plate and then the dead cells obviously can't change that color so then you have you know you look at a a square um,
1: hemocytometer thank you
2: yeah a hemocytometer <laughs> which was originally developed to, to uh, yeah, count count blood, blood cells, count cells, blood cells. Yeah. yep and uh, um, that's the hem- they're used <clears throat> yes, yes I know they're some used <laughs> They're used in, in, in many industries. We, um, the first time I ran into them was when I was uh, I tried I was trying to be a veterinarian and we would count different types of parasites on that with a hemocytometer. And now I use it in in the lab at Hop and Barrel, and we just you know you look at a little square and it's like okay there are twenty yeast cells on this square, and of the twenty five of them are still blue, and then you you know you do the math. I don't know the, that number off the of uh,
0: That would be twenty-five percent. Mm. No, no, yeah, yeah, that'd be twenty-five percent.
2: Okay, I, I believe
0: you. Yeah, I need <laughs> a calculator, but
2: yeah. So then, would, it, then you know that your your, your yeast, yeast is seventy-five percent viable. viable. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then you can just kind of use that number based on how much you need to pitch into your into your tank. And that's really the only way that I know on under a microscope to to study vitality yeah
0: so and they, they were talking about that and in the book it lists um, a few different dyes um, that they're using because apparently like vital like it's it's the, it's the industry standard but it's been the standard since the 20s um, and there's some uh, issues with uh, methylene blue apparently if the the vitality or I'm sorry the viability is under 90% it has poor re- reproducibility in and, and, and some inaccuracy so if, if it's above 90% it's great but below that it's pretty iffy from from and that and that's just what I know from the book uh, in your experience it may be different I don't I don't know
2: you know I I, I hadn't heard that um, so I, I guess I can't really yeah speak uh, so on
0: they're that. like uh, so now out there there's uh, some uh, modified uh methylene blue dyes um they're using some different dyes for different things uh if you pick up the yeast book it will on what page is that Brian
1: I'm looking at 166 yeah on 166
0: it has a chart with the different dyes and what they're what they're measuring
1: yeah methylene blue alkaline methylene blue citrate methylene blue well actually oh shit yeah.
0: Uh, Uh, rabbit hole yep yeah no it's i mean you you can dive deep into how you're how you're staining and what you're doing there all right um so yeast that have uh with higher than a 90 uh viability which is what we're looking for um as kind of a minimum as a general rule of thumb it sounds like you guys will go under that you know
2: to be honest we've had we've had a, a little bit of um we you know initially a little bit of an uh, issue, I guess, counting yeast um, cells and getting viability um, because, you know, you get this brink and it's a half barrel brink of yeast and, you know, a little bit of wort in there or not wort at that point, it's beer in there and you try to mix it up. And we had, you know, I would get, I would get, you know, I'd take all the testing and maybe this is where the 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 90% methylene blue thing comes in, but I would get a a test and I would look at it and it was like, well, that doesn't make sense that this is only 25% viable because it was super active the last batch and it's two days old and whatever. It's been brinked so, for two days. So, um, you know, being at, able to you know being able to get that yeast churned up well enough to get, and, you know, not to just get the dead yeast cells at the bottom has been yeah, a bit of an issue. Or we, all the live
0: yeast at the top. Yeah, Correct. We yeah. are
1: trying to figure out a way to, like, picking up a, a, a you know, a, a sankey keg you know, if you think about it, like that half barrel keg, and then sh- shaking it I around, I just figured out a solution. Oh, oh, awesome! Ask me tomorrow. I will, mm-hmm. but I want uh, the
0: solution now.
1: <laughs> in any case, we're, <laughs> we're having trouble figuring out a way to like mix mix the mix it up because if you think about what the yeast looks like in the cone, like I said, it's like Neapolitan ice cream. There's there's, you know, dead on the bottom. There's Watery on good, good the good stuff in the middle, and watery stuff yeah. on the top, and, and so
2: my we can talk about my solution. I so you know, we usually like you know yeah. we dump out what we th- see as sort of the sludgy bottom dead stuff, mm-hmm. and, it will, and then and that we, stuff will be
1: darker. And, oh yeah, and you can
2: tell. I mean, it's like chunky and, yep. and
1: tastes and smells weird. It's,
2: yeah, um, and then as we see the the good healthy creamy yeast come through, we'll start brinking that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We set up a valve on that transfer. Yep. And just open the valve up and put a little of that yeast in a glass. Ah.
1: Uh-huh. Oh, there All we right. go. There it is. Or an Nalgene. Remember last week? Or Nalgene. Nalgene. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Nalgenes. Yeah. More for the, or better for just yeah. hiking, right? Like, yeah, or,
1: yeah they, they have more uses, is what I'm trying to say. Right. I have one Nalgene that's just for vodka when I'm camping.
0: Ah, see, I only bring whiskey camping because mm-hmm. I like flavors. I put agree with grape, I, put, I put grape
1: Kool-Aid in it.
0: Yeah, I yeah, that doesn't I fa- fucking count. I found out I found out two weeks ago
2: or something that Brian he you know, he has a, a water bottle at work. And I'm like, Oh, Brian's drinking water. No, he's drinking grape Kool-Aid. I drink grape Kool Aid. That's the only thing he drinks. <laughs> really? All day at work. Yeah. Are yeah. you four? Yeah. If you ever he might s- he might start with s- a cup of coffee and then he's like, if he's got a bottle of water, it's, grape it's Kool-Aid.
0: great Kool-Aid. <laughs> like every time I chat with Brian, and I mean we've been <laughs> we've been friends for many years now. But like the bar just keeps getting lower. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. <laughs> Pretty soon you're like Oh, buddy, come on. We're, we're a band of misfits, <laughs> man. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, grape Kool Aid.
0: All right, man. Grape Kool Aid. That works for you. That's, I mean, that's good. Vodka grape Kool Aid is just oh, what, mean, just yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's what good. I drank when I was, you know, a freshman.
1: Maybe I'm still a freshman in good here. Good for you. Good for you. In my heart. What, All what's right. A, what's our runtime at?
0: Uh, Well, we're going to get there.
1: Um, you, you don't want to chop this up and.
0: No, no. We, I, I think, I, I think we can get through it. All right. We, yeah, we're only at a half
1: hour. Let's cruise. So,
0: yep. All right. Uh, yeah. So you can have yeast with higher than ninety percent viability, and it will still underperform because of low vitality. Uh, most vitality tests are expensive, time-consuming, controversial, and not user-friendly. Um, do you guys have any vitality tests that you actually do, or is it just viability?
1: You know, like we reuse these so frequently that there's not that
0: there's no reason to like, no it and it's fermenting well and before it should ferment yeah. well again
2: and there's also uh you know a, a generation threshold that mm-hmm. i'm willing to reach yeah. as a brewer and that's usually uh that's good five enough. or six <laughs> there's yeah. that
1: and then uh we you know pitching by weight has
2: yeah. 100 what do we decide 150 pounds on the per 15 barrel or something like yeah because the whatever
1: Oh, the keg weighs what 30, 35 pounds. You know, whatever it's in here somewhere. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, it's whatever. Knock it loose if you can. But in any case, yeah, pitching by weight is pretty much always how I've okay. done it.
0: Um. Yeah. So yeah, like and then, like I said, like there's not really a good, um, vitality test except uh, we mentioned before. If you do want to somehow like kind of test your vitality, you can do a crude. Uh, like test to pitch a mm-hmm. portion into a lab size test fermentation, and if like that begins with the expected time, the yeast is probably vital. All right. Um, so, Brian, you want to take us through revitalizing? Considering sure. you started that already. Yeah,
1: sorry about that. Uh, if you have oh, low vitality yeast, you can revitalize it with fresh wort. Uh, you shouldn't revitalize yeast that's depleted by poor storage condition conditions or uh, like a long term storage. So if it's too you know, you've sort of too warm or too cold. Uh, or, is, you know, I mean, uh, how many days?
0: I think last week we said seven. We said seven yeah, days, yeah. I would yeah. say seven to ten.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, so to revitalize on your brew day, you'd want to determine how much yeast you need, uh, which at a home brew level is, you know, we think about it in smack packs or, or those uh, pure pitch uh, deals. Uh, so you throw it in a, you know, like a flask Um, And then let the temp rise to 70 to 75 degrees Fahrenheit, which is 21 to 24 C. Uh, You're going to add some sterile, like boiled, high-gravity wort. So we're talking about 1080. You want to add it at a rate of 5 mils. I'm sorry, Uh, 0.5 mils mils
0: per 10 mils.
1: Yeah, 0.5 mils per 10 mils of yeast. You want to hold it at uh, that temperature for 4 to 12 hours, which, again, the... The idea that it's like in between four and twelve hours. Well,
0: I I think basically it's like at least start at four hours before your brew day, and then it'll be good to pitch. And don't hold it till the next day.
1: If you're waiting for twelve hours, you're brewing at midnight, which I've definitely done before. I mean, who hasn't? (laughs) I've brewed on the hottest day of the year. I've brewed on the coldest day of the
0: year. Oh, dude, minus twenty three was my lowest (sighs) outside.
1: What a pain!
0: I had to shake and keep that stupid the goddamn propane tank warm. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, same. Um, at any rate, hold at that, that seventy to 75, 21 to twenty-four C temp for twelve to twelve hours, uh, and then the live active yeast should turn uh, the wort milky. And so when Katie was talking earlier about the way that good fresh, you know, yeast should look, it's you know uh, a bit milky, uh, sometimes a little bit chunky, but not real yeah. chunky it's uh, like
0: a thin milkshake well if you if you've ever done a starter you should know like with a, with right. a fresh mac pack and you do the starter and like the entire thing is like it's very milky you, and, like, you can you get you can either tell. like um if you let it sit for a minute you get like kind of like a pure white yeah. film
1: at the bottom this is why it's important to to look uh taste and smell yeast period uh so the active you should turn the word milky, dead cells and other uh, different matter and such uh, that'll all fall to the bottom, uh, and then you want to just kind of decant the milky bit into your. Wort. So we,
0: we use this word decant a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the best way to decant from like a Erlenmeyer flask? Very carefully. So you know how you you
2: pour a you pour a uh, beer from a bottle, and you you know you have these craft beers or just beers like right in there. And they and have that like up. they have that like layer of. Sediment at the bottom. Sediment at the bottom. It's sort of like that. Like okay. as soon as you sort of hit a point where you know you're getting through that like watery top layer, you're pouring that out, and then you sort of see like, okay, this is getting a little bit thicker, a little creamier. That's then you pour that. That's the stuff you want, and then you start to get to the end where it's a little dead. Although that stop. that stuff tends to just sort of like stick right to yeah. the bottom. And I'm not a I'm not opposed to even taking a little bit of that with your your to make your, sure you your get middle all layer, the good stuff because <laughs> there are some vitamins in there that. Um, yep. your, your healthy yeast cells will
0: use we up. You need vitamins and minerals. All right. All right. Uh, so, yeah, let's talk about yeast uh, rinsing versus washing. We're going to cover rinsing first. Um, so rinsing um, is basically taking the yeast, uh, like, from, like, at, especially at the homebrew level, basically you're taking what's at the bottom of the fermenter, uh, which is healthy yeast it's trub it's dead yeast it's whatever's left after fermentation Um, and you're putting that into a vessel and you're trying to separate that out into garbage and yeast and good yeast it's kind of what rinsing is so rinsing cannot completely replace select uh selecting the ideal yeast but it can help separate out the trub dead cells and alcohol from your pitch um, so the steps here are we're going to harvest the yeast into a sterile or sanitized container for the yeast solids and at least four times as much sterile water by volume. So you want to look at, like, how much you think you have it there, and you want to have a big vessel to kind of put it in. Um, giant pickle jars work great, um, I mean, because they're glass and easy to sanitize. Yep. Um, you want something that you can see through, right? Can you
2: use the carboy that your the yeast is in? If you were to just, I mean, I don't,
0: I don't see why not. If you were to just add the sterile water to that, no, yeah, Um, yeah, yeah, you could. If you, if you like cleaning carboys, do that. Mm. (laughs) I mean, I (laughs) nobody likes cleaning carboys. No, that's a personal thing. Like, I hate carboys. Uh, Big bath, big mouth bubblers are my favorite mm -hmm. because they're a carboy that you can get your hand into. Yeah,
2: whole arm. <laughs> no, I mean, so you, you know, you have this this yeast sludge at the bottom of your yep. carboy, and if you were to just pour the four times the amount of sterile water into that, yep, and mix it up and do your thing and let it do the little let it layering separate. thing that we're wanting, to yeah, because I,
0: I suppose that is and then, it's already sterilized or already And then cleaned. pour it into something else, yep. yeah. Yeah, that would work. Yeah, so do it right in your carboy. Uh, so basically what we're doing is we're adding cool, sterile water to the solids while retaining about 10% headspace in the container. We need that because we need to mix up the the solution.
1: There's going to be foam, too.
0: Yep, there's going to be yeah. foam. There's going to be a lot of, like, and you're going to shake this vigor, vigorously. So you're going to seal it, and you're going to shake. Um, and then you're going to let that container sit to let the trub and the yeast settle out. Um, so the trub, like, anything heavy is going to drop to the bottom a lot faster. And that yeast is going to stay in suspension. So about ten minutes after that, you can discard the watery top layer, like we were talking.
1: Yep. Once again, Neapolitan ice cream. It's yep. Like three layers. And decant that
0: um, that milky middle layer, and then throw away the bottom layer.
1: And that then you've rinsed your yeast. Or first taste the bottom layer, get your you know look at it. Taste all three. Touch it, feel it. You know, use use your all of your senses to to. At the bottom of
0: a carboy, it's hard to, to get east. to that
1: bottom bit. We'll poke a before. stick in there.
0: Why you gotta get a really long stick, man. Where do you find this stick?
1: The stick store.
0: <laughs>
1: what the fuck? Stick store.
2: <laughs> the look on your face after you said stick store was priceless <laughs> it's a good point though I mean I, you know even maybe not even tasting but you know you you you, you have your watery that you pour off pour, pour it into a container look yep. at it smell it taste it and then you, you pour your the stuff you want into another container and carefully because that's something you want to reuse and you want to keep it as sterile as possible look at it smell it taste it and then you have the trub the the gross stuff, do the same thing. Look at it. They're going to be, they're going to be different. You know, I mean, it's just, it's different, different. Well,
0: I mean, and like what Brian has said multiple times before he brought up stick store, um, (laughs) when he still had credibility. Uh, I was just going to (laughs) say, before he lost all respect.
1: I feel feel like having (laughs) Katie here is already lowering my credibility.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, but it's uh, like, it's important to taste everything like the entire way, like, taste your grains, like, smell your hops. Oh, like,
1: you know what? The worst, don't taste the hops. No, don't, <laughs> you'll be tasting Wordy, them for
2: a week. wordy hop water, like, pre pitched, yeah, hoppy wort is the grossest yeah. in the world.
0: Yeah, you're yes, not wrong, thank it's you. a, especially like, yeah, if you're doing like a double or triple, I IPA. would rather taste yet dead yeast. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, you're like this tastes like garbage. Why would anybody want to drink this?
1: That's yeah. why tasting off tanks in the middle of
0: fermentation.
1: Like an IPA firm, I'm just like, Bleh. yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it just tastes. Right. It's just green. Mm-hmm. Um.
0: So washing, do you got Do either of you have experience with washing yeast? Man,
1: I tried it a couple times and failed. Miserably. Okay, um, good.
0: So we're all talking from a place of yeah. ignorance on this one. Um, so washing is different from rinsing in the fact that washing is basically using acidification or other chemical means to reduce the number of active bacteria while trying not to damage the yeast cells, which you can't do. No matter what happens, if you're washing your yeast, you're going to damage the yeast cells because, I mean, it's acid and you're like, you're acidifying your yeast. Um, so washing has different results based on different strains and does, re- yeast, uh, does reduce yeast performance and viability. Acid washing uh, does not completely remove bacteria. So if you have an infected uh, yeast batch and, like, you're looking to, like, reduce the amount of, like, uh, lactobacillus or something in there, it's, it will reduce it but will not completely remove it. Um, and you cannot rely on washing to clean up a contaminated pitch, like I was just saying. Um, use only as a preventative measure against uh, small amounts of bacteria. So if you're worried about like small amounts of lactobacillus or bretomyces or something like that, that's when you want to use uh, washing to just kind of fortify your pitch to make sure that none of that snuck in.
1: I'm thinking this is... <laughs>
0: And this is some old school. This is a shit.
1: super broad topic of discussion. In a sense that this seems sort of situational. Like if you have multiple strains running around your brewery,
2: or you're wanting to maybe like you have a you have a house strain. You have like a you know a, a, a strawberry or something that you grab some yeast off from your backyard and it's super you know important. But it's like if you're getting to the point where you needing to wash bacteria out of your yeast pitch, just Get another Just pitch. Get, another
1: get a new one. Pitch. It's, you know, it's yeah.
0: very situation. Yeah. Exactly
1: what I was gonna say, but I, I, like I was saying in in the back of my mind, it's like, well, if you do sours <clears throat> at the same facility that you do clean yeah. beer, then, then I
0: can see washing being viable. Yeah. But
1: I mean, but trying you to know, wash or like or bre- that
2: example, you know, of of you know, you 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 grabbed a a, a sample of yeast from a. a a fruit that you're growing in your backyard, mm-hmm. and you don't you want it to be a a brewer's yeast and not a yeah. a bacterial but yeast. But washing
0: is not going to fix that problem. It'll
1: pull lactic acid yeast. Well, it it'll yeah. pull some, sure. but
0: not complete. Yeah, it it won't completely pull it out. Bacter- Lact- <laughs> Bacteria, rather not. Yeast. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I meant. Lactobacillus. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So this is this isn't something that you're really going to do on the homebrew level. I wouldn't think ever. Yeah. But we'll talk about it for a minute because that's about all the time we have. Yeah. Uh, so if you're going to do this for whatever reason, uh, you're going to bring your yeast up to 36 to 40 degrees Fahrenheit or 2 to 4 C. Um, determine how much yeast you need and place it in a suitable container. Add a food grade phosphoric acid. Mix it thoroughly until the pH of the slurry is between 2 and 2.5 pH. Hold that yeast at uh, that pH for 69 minutes while stirring continuously, um, and then just dump the entire mixture into the fermenter. Hmm. Which will apparently clean out uh, anything that's not Saccharomyces, or at least most of what's not Saccharomyces. So then,
2: are you dumping like the dead back, or the dead whatever? I mean, should we
0: do some rinsing? Um, I mean, I don't see why you wouldn't want to do rinsing. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm just going off of what was in the book. And yeah. it said to add the whole mixture of the fermenter. Okay. I mean, everything else should be dead. So, in theory, that should break down and become a yeast nutrient. Yeah. Because um, you're not, yeah. But, and if if you're only looking at what you're pitching and you're looking at your pitch volume there, so you're killing anything that's not, I feel like you're still going to be low on... Vi- uh, viability at that point because you're not doing any viability checks after that because mm-hmm. if you did that would give the other colonies a chance to rehold, and you'd have to re rewash.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: yeah uh, washing is uh, is iffy
2: again I, you know for me it seems um, unless you really want to get super geeky I mean, which is great because yep. that's the beauty of of brewing beer and home brewing is there's never enough to know and learn about this hobby but in from my personal standpoint just go go get another well and and
0: and there's a there's a point of diminishing returns yeah as far as like how how low you go like rinsing that makes sense because you're just trying to get the most viable yeast out of an already um set sample that you know washing is you're trying to I feel like washing is you're trying to give CPR to a dead man like <laughs> like you 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 have this yeast that's on the verge or already has been contaminated and you're trying to save it yeah and at, at a certain point it's just lost and you gotta you gotta go for broken there's a lot of brewers yeast in this
2: world I mean, it's you true. think about the amount that we just dump, you know? It's, yeah. yeah. It's I mean, easy it's to just grow. like, we don't need this because every, every batch of beer, from my experience, you know, you, you put a pitch of of yeast in, in a beer and it grows three times more than you need for your next right? batch. And you so. just,
0: you, you brink what, you know? Yeah.
2: Yeah. So on a home brewer scale, even if you're brewing once a week, you only need a th- a third of the yeast that you're, you're growing from each batch. And on a, commercial scale it's a little bit better yep. because you can reuse that, but you're still dumping yeast, you yeah. Know?
0: Well and I've 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 met homebrewers who slant and regrow and stuff and they're like, yeah. Well I haven't bought a pitch in and that's great. ten years. Again, and I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. But how much time have you put into that when mm-hmm. I can just seven dollars and get a and, pure lab. Yeah, pitch?
2: and like I said, it's it's that's the beauty of the hobby is you can you can get to that point too where you yep. can slant and wash and do all the things. Mm-hmm. But for me personally it's just I don't...
0: Yeah. All right. Well, uh, should we get out of here, guys? Yes. All righty. Well, guys, thanks for tuning in this week. And if you have any questions, comments, show ideas, where to have you, go ahead and choose an email at feedback at com. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindnewstudios. You can follow us on Twitter at Ninja. And I'll see you guys next week. Peace.